keep on kissing babies and hugging fat girls. Full of suffering, suck attach, son. It's me, Austin. Oh, son of a bitch. What? It's me, Austin. It was me all along, Austin. And you teeth look like two tight too, Billy. And you book a match with me. That's right, Killing. Look at me. I'm a total package. I will rip him apart. I'm pissed now. Where to, Stephanie? <laughs> Wrestle Roasts on ad-free shows and ATC. Welcome, everybody, to Wrestle Roasts, the roasts of Adam Cole. I am here with your uh, your hosts with the most, Robert Karpolis, Scott Chaplin, our favorite part-timer, Mike Lawrence, and a comedian I did a little field with, uh, very funny, Andy Iwancio, everybody. I said that right? Yeah. Pretty well. You got it. You got it. Got it. <laughs> I knocked it out of the park. And today... We are doing the roast of Adam Cole, but some show business right up top. Next week, we're doing the first ever wrestling game show. Uh, and I don't know what that means. It means or- that Dan's going to give up on it when he realizes it's too hard. It's kind of like sobriety. We talk about it a lot. And whether it's actually going to happen, who the fuck knows? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, my God. Yeah. Right for the you know what Dan you know what Dan it's all about the booze. <laughs> <laughs> right for the jugular, you wait, folks. Uh, it's been a rough Take time. Take your main baby. You know I'm doing all right. I'm working, working on Stone Cold Law for Peacock. We'll see how that turns out, and uh, you know everything's good with the wife. You know, uh, mom died, so I stumbled a little bit there, but we're gonna be all right. You guys didn't need to know all that info, but either way, funny jokes, Robert and Mike. Scott, how are you doing? An unprompted monologue okay. for no one. <laughs> Vintage Dan. Oh, sorry. I thought this was Michael Cole, not Adam Cole. <laughs> Vintage Saint Germain. It's just me like passing out on a plate of cheese fries. <laughs> you somehow getting stuck in a payphone, even though there's no payphones anymore. <laughs> uh, before we get to our guest, Scott, how are you doing today? I already heard from Oh, I'm Robert. good, brother. How are you? Uh, I'm good. I'm sweating. I went for some blood work today, so I wasn't eating for a day, you know? Uh, I didn't mean that to sound as depressing it is, Andy. What's the only guy I know on? who sweats because you got blood work. That's interesting. Well, no, I couldn't. No, because I just ran in the house. That's oh. that's why. This may this is the last podcast of Dan Saint Germain. <laughs> well, it depends on Andy. what the blood results are. Yeah, and Andy has branches and a blood type. <laughs> um, he gives okay. blood because they give out juice. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't give me any fucking juice, just some water. Really? Way. Yeah. Well, I think they're nervous. I have diabetes, so they didn't want to give it. But uh, Andy, what's going on? You're you're living in Portland right now, right? I'm in Seattle. Uh, well, different. Similar levels of depression. I I'm in my like kind I'm like in my like WrestleMania decompression week. Even though uh, Raw was in Seattle this week, everything I heard about like the travel stuff seems sad. So I kind of like w- won out on that. But yeah, I've just been taking it easy. Just been I don't know. Raw. I mean, I will say the Seattle Raw was an improvement from last week's disastrous Raw, but it wasn't. It wasn't must-see either. So. I think the best thing about the travel issues that were reporters, they're, I feel like they were all doing this to kind of convince Vince, like, don't come back on the road. <laughs> it's really hard, guys. 
we're we're trapped here. We're not gonna make it. You're you hey, know frail and old. He has he uh, Ari Emanuel made him sign a new personal conduct. Uh, Vince, Vince, you're not gonna want to come out on the road. I was taking my luggage out and it took my mustache off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's got a box of those that he just sticks on on a daily basis. <laughs> yeah, I think it's like a woolly willy. It's not even like he just shakes them on before he comes outside. I think that's the only real thing on his face still. <laughs> I. If he does it the John Waters way and really takes an eyeliner pencil to it, I kind of would be okay with Vince being back in WWE. The only way he's John Waters is that they both like filming people eating shit. <laughs> I actually think out of like all the indie movie darlings, John Waters is the one Vince may like. And he like does see Linda as a serial mom. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, it's like, you know, fat drag queens and murder and shit. It's like stuff that he just booked in the late 90s, right? Yeah, pretty much. He's like, God damn, pal, wish there wasn't as much singing, but I love it. I mean, yeah, let's he... be honest, like, Adrian Adonis in the 80s was divine. It was just divine. <laughs> totally true. Vince. Michael Hayes I... today is divine. <laughs> Vince, uh, poppers are pretty much the steroids of the gay community. I see this as one-to-one. Chris Canyon, when, when they found him, he was half poppers, half steroids. That's interesting. Uh, folks, let's get to uh, our... Well, it was, a, it, was a, it was a shotgun, so it was only one popper. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, let's get to Adam Cole's favorite wrestler. Andy, you get to choose when you're going to roast today. But Adam, Adam Cole's, Cole's favorite, favorite wrestler? wrestler? No, no, I'm sorry. Mike, Adam Cole is Mike's favorite wrestler. I was trying to be. Guys, you know, you threw me all off with the alcoholism and the blood work talk. So, I'm How much blood to... did they take from you? Uh, <laughs> enough, enough. Um, but, Mike, Adam Cole is your favorite wrestler. So why don't you start out with our bright side of Adam Cole, Mike? He seems like a nice guy. <laughs> End scene. Scott. No, I mean, here, here's, here's the thing, like. I think he's talented. I think that he um, obviously is. Oh, I, I'm not gonna lie and say he doesn't have fans. He has fans. There are people that love him, dude. I, I don't. I, I also don't like Rage Against the Machine or that style Ooh, of music. Come I on. know, I know, I know. Um, but I think he has one of the best themes, and the whole uh, choreography of the theme and everything is a fun fucking thing to do live. Um, I think that all works. I just. Don't believe him hurting other people physically. That's all. But other than that, he's great. All right. I, I, I think that, like, you know, one of the really positive things about him is, you know, he led that, like, that Twitch movement. Uh, yeah, And I think anytime wrestlers find another source of income, I mean, look, like, during the pandemic, they couldn't do conventions and stuff. You know, they, they had to go on Rick Steiner's Twitter for hate and not just... <laughs> Well, I got his next to his booth, folks. <laughs> um, you know, so it was a tough time, but uh, he found a way. I mean, the dude makes so much money on that, and I think has inspired other wrestlers too. Um, you know, and I, I like the up, up, down, down stuff. He was Man, entertaining. I just that. had this vision of Greg Valentine sadly dragging out his Atari from the attic and being like, <laughs> God damn it, maybe my kids still talk to me, they'd tell me how this works. <laughs> hey. 
Hey, Tammy, how do you get this fucking Coleco vision to start? <laughs> you know, it's hey. actually just Tammy is just beefcake in a wig. <laughs> Bob Backlund, come over to my house. We're going to play Pong. <laughs> yeah. I know. It's so funny. All these old wrestlers that now have to like talk to their kids for the first time in their lives. Yeah. It's, uh, Without a judge games. present. Without a judge present. No, man, but but I, I, you, you I, know I, I, also you know a lot of wrestler conversations to their kids are starting with hey hey I'm not as bad as Vicky though right <laughs> this, is, this is my this is my thing about Adam Cole it, he was self aware you know it's like uh, there's a lot of smaller wrestlers and the smallness is a part of them you know like a Rey Mysterio uh, a Daniel Bryan the whole thing is they're giant killers that kind of thing. They never do that with Adam Cole. They just act like he's on the level of everybody, and it's very weird. And I think if they just addressed it, because now he's going to be a babyface, right? And the whole story is maybe he shouldn't, you know, come back, all the injuries and all that. Like, lean into it. Like, lean into him being outmatched in everything and having him being an underdog. But the fact that, like, he was in NXT for years as this dominant heel babyface that went 50-minute matches. just never made sense to me. I mean, the thing is, I only started making fun of Adam Cole when they put him on AEW, when he switched. Because I didn't watch NXT because of him and, and other wrestlers like him. I just ignored him, and then now he's on the company I watch, and I had to fucking shit on him. But he genuinely seems like a cool dude and has a level head and is uh you know a fan that made good so there's a lot of positive there i just don't want to watch him wrestle that's pretty good mike that was a nice bright side thanks i went to therapy I mean, yesterday for 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 you you know for you and adam cole that was much nicer than i thought it was gonna be yeah i mean i think people think i hate him and i don't would you rather see teddy hart in a match or um adam cole in a match um, Adam Cole versus one of Teddy Hart's cats. <laughs> That's the only answer. Andy. Bright side? Yeah. Are you fa- first off, are you a fan? Yeah, yeah. I liked uh I've liked all the stuff that he's like naturally had happen and had written for him in that way the AEW stars like have to do their own writing when they've come into the company. And I always enjoyed him in NXT and I don't think he was used. I think they just kind of fizzled out with Undisputed Era at a certain point, but he's always been, they I don't know. Your run, though, I thought that was, was pretty fucking good, you know? Any Anytime somebody's able to, like, take their name from one company to the other and just build on it and give it a different era, I'm, like, all about. And, like, I don't think he was being used really well in AEW. Kind of got lost in the shuffle, but I'm I'm excited to see him come back and... I don't know, like like his special move names, <laughs> but I I liked him in a Ring of Honor for a long time, and I think that that was he was like indicative of like a huge change in the type of wrestling there, and I always liked him for that at least. I'm and you know some of his bullet club stuff. But. Yeah, it's interesting now they're bringing, which we'll talk about with Dynamite, but they're bringing Bullet Club Golden when there's like three former members of the Bullet Club that are on AEW, one of which is Adam Cole and Kenny Omega, and they're like, no, this one's just Jay Lethal and Juice, but we'll get to that. Can, uh, can I can I just say, for, for the real hardcore comic nerds out there, the X-Men did this in 1991. Just so going to say X-Men that, God Gold, damn it. 
and X-Men Blue. And Blue was always better. Blue was mostly like all the characters on the animated series. And the only one they used, no, they used uh, Storm and Jean Grey, but everyone else they forgot. So don't be gold, be Bullet Club Blue. Wait, can I chime in though? Because so there's there's um there's the golden elite, which are the Bucks and Kenny with Abushi. And so if there's Bullet Club Gold and Abushi wants to come to AEW, you guys can put it together. Good times. Okay. <laughs> Scott just So take your it. X-Men and stick it up your ass because you're gonna do it anyway with that goddamn giant magneto behind you. Have you fucked one of your action figures? It's a question we've all had. <laughs> And yeah, Magneto, he goes, oh, no, there's a magnet in my butthole. Wait, hold on, hold on. I just want to point out, because Scott gave this some thought, like, if you're going to use one, Magneto's smooth over helmet probably has to be the easiest to go in. Yeah, I feel exactly. like Scott knew where this I was going. I will, I will, I will, I will, Mike, all right, before Mike... Dad, I will say this. I'm going to say this. I did fuck one of my action figures, but just for research for my Adam Cole has sex with Britt Baker jokes. <laughs> <laughs> I had to understand oh, okay. the physics. But, but we know, but I know that on Love Island, you brought in like 70 pounds of action figures and made them in the shape of Adina. So I'm just wondering on a cold night when Adina wasn't there, did you fuck action figure Adina? That's not just action figure. It's kind of your wife and action figures. By the way, 70 pounds of action figure is what Kenny Omega calls Riho. <laughs> <laughs> I I feel like you could, there's probably a Adam Cole, a like Happy Meal toy in the future. And I feel like you have the option of either the butt or the urethra in that case. <laughs> so we don't know. Mike didn't answer that one, by the way. I no, I, I I did not have sex with a pile of action figures in the form of my wife. Is that the answer you're looking for? You That's now, like imagine Bill Clinton having a same thing like that. <laughs> We're gonna do that on WrestleRose Facebook page. Uh, Mike's I'll, official statement regarding I'll say this. I'll game. say this. I um at the time, seven year old me or eight year old me, uh what I thought was making love, I made love to a my sized Barbie. I like vividly remember holding. Thank her you, Scott. Now we're talking her. about Adam Cole again, and that was his bright side of Adam Cole. <laughs> uh, Scott, Adam Cole, baby, what are your what are your thoughts? Uh, I really enjoy enjoy Adam Cole. I think if you if you take away the NXT that was uh, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, he is the best person to come out of NXT. So much so that. We were all just like, let him stay in NXT. It's very good. He can make it very good. Uh, I I didn't even like Drew McIntyre in NXT, even though I know Adam Cole debuted in NXT, kicking him in the face. I thought Adam Cole was better as an NXT wrestler than someone like Drew McIntyre. I think Adam Cole can be used in ways that can make him a main eventer. Uh, I'm not saying he's always been used like that, but I do think Triple H did a really good job with him. I think he was awesome in Ring of Honor. Uh, a great addition to the Bullet Club in 2016. He was kicked out of the Bullet Club only like what a year later by Omega in an awesome uh segment with Marty Skrull, who um, who speaking of making love to kids, wait, what anyway? Um, but I don't know, I always really enjoyed him, man. The uh, when I got into being the elite, Adam Cole was on it consistently. And so I saw him as one of those guys. He was always under them. And 
it felt more appropriate that he was always under them. He he never felt like a bigger deal at all. Uh, and I kind of like him in that role. And I think it feels like Tony wants him to be the next champion. And I don't think that's the right move, but that's for another, you know, that's not for bright side. I think he's a, a phenomenal wrestler. Uh, yeah, he does a lot of big spots and there's a lot of constant kickouts, but they're a blast. So yeah, be. I mean, you I know, think there's like, a place for him. I don't think that place is world champion, but I do think that place is like ambassador for a company, one of your best wrestlers, winner of of a tournament that could be named after someone like Owen Hart if you actually did something with it. Mm-hmm. So all of these things that he's gotten, I go, yeah, he deserves them. They're just executed poorly and not really his fault. And now he's like this, this baby face that is a bit unrealistic and weird. And I think he's a better. I, I mean, I think him and Gargano, and I'll, I'll get to my bright side um, after Robert. But him and Gargano, I, 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 I do want when when him and uh, Keith Lee walked out last night. I really wanted someone to play the Ren and Stimpy theme song. <laughs> um, well, it's I, a great I, theme song, by the way. Oh, it's fucking great! Yeah. Yeah. You ever walk down the street to that song? <laughs> I will now. Oh yeah, listen to it in your headphones. It's. You feel like you're in a Quentin Tarantino movie. You're like, this isn't even Ren and Stimpy. This is Reservoir Dogs. Spoken oh, like a true pothead, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> the guy who was shitting on me for X-Men five minutes ago is now bonding on Ren and Stimpy. And this is why nerds can never get along for a sustained period of time. <laughs> um, I do think Gargano um, Cole was one of the best, like, you know, um, false finishes of all time, as far as false finish matches. I mean, match of the year, wrestling observer of the year. Somebody's thing is on. Uh, Robert, what what do you think of Adam Cole? Adam Cole was uh, he was great in Ring of Honor. Uh, a lot of what he did there was was perfect for that Ring of Honor audience. He came along at a point in time, I think, like Scott said, where they needed somebody to kind of step in and be a, a top tier workhorse champion for them. Uh, he worked there because in Ring of Honor, no matter what size you are, it's about work rate. It's about what you're able to deliver in the ring. When he came to NXT, he was fantastic in NXT because it gave that company the credibility that they were going for, where they were bringing a lot of outside talent. It wasn't just we're developing young people from FCW. It's we need guys who know how to work, who are going to make our young guys better. And what he put together in Undisputed Era and the storytelling and the wrestling, all of that was was really, really strong. Um, when it came time for the feud with Pat McAfee, I thought he did a lot of really good stuff with that and got a lot of exposure for NXT. And him and Pat had a fantastic match that wasn't all just Adam Cole carrying him, but I think him and Pat opened up the door for them to say, yeah, let's give Bad Bunny a shot. Let's give Logan Paul a shot when we put him in there with someone you can trust. The challenge with Adam Cole is when he's in AEW, he still doesn't, and Mike kind of touched on it, he still doesn't wrestle to his size. You know, he talks about how much he loved Shawn Michaels. Shawn Michaels was not wrestling the way Kevin Nash was wrestling. And Cole, in Ring of Honor, physics don't exist. In Ring of Honor or PWG or CZW, it's just, we're going to put on the best match no matter what, because fuck it, it's Cirque du Soleil and this is fun. And a lot of guys in the indies learn that. And then when they get to the WWE, they get that habit broken from them and they learn how to work within the confines of physics. Cole never really learned that. And it's where it's problematic now when you see him. He is a great heel, but he should wrestle to his size. And in AEW, it's kind of free swim. You can do whatever you want. 
but to Scott's point, he's a great ambassador. That reality show, which is not very good, he's at least a good talking head on it. Uh, the the Twitch stuff, he he made it easier for people to earn a living. So that's uh, that's great. And uh, hopefully, now that he's back from these concussions, he works safely and will probably most likely be a really good agent. I think he's someone who's going to be really uh, a valuable backstage asset in a company going forward, uh, especially once Britt leaves him. I think he'll really uh, he'll have a lot of free time because we watched that reality AEW show. Like she's definitely fucking Wardlow, right? I don't know, folks. I don't know, but I'm oh, sure. Oh, it's Wardlow's world, and Adam Cole is just living in it. Um, by all counts, like everyone said, I think he's one of the nicer wrestlers. The Undisputed Era theme song was amazing. His NXT song, I mean, his AEW song's amazing. He's just great at, like, Rage Against the... Like, wrestling is great when it tries to uh, rip off Rage Against the Machine. By the way, it's bad when he's this good of a wrestler and you're like, his theme songs are really good. I'm I'm, I'm going through my list. Gargano, you know, he had some great matches with Gargano, O'Reilly, and Ring of Honor, and NXT, Heath Lee. A few inches taller, and he's conceivably where Seth Rollins is. Who knows? Uh, maybe more than a few, but yeah. Um, I do like his finishes. Uh, some kayfabe accomplishments. He's the uh, AEW inaugural uh, Owen Cup winner, Owen Hart Men's Cup winner, PWG World Champion, three-time Ring of Honor World Champion, which is the record, Ring of Honor TV Champion, Wrestling Observer Rookie and Feud of the Year and Match of the Year, NXT World Champ, NXT North American Champ, NXT Tag Champ, winner of the Dusty Classic, and PWI Wrestler of the Year. So incredibly decorated, dude. Now it's time to roast the motherfucker. Andy, we're in the lineup. Do you want to go? Uh, Let me go second. All right, you'll go second. I'll go first. Mike... Uh, <clears throat> go last and then uh, we'll... uh why <laughs> in case you try to rap again why do you i'm not go? i'm do not you go first do you want to go first yeah i want to go first all right go first mike all right today we're roasting adam cole don't worry i will not call him a vanilla midget vanilla is a flavor <laughs> <laughs> hornswoggle saw him get the title and thought to himself fuck i should have asked to be nxt champion <laughs> and you guys don't worry i'm just doing roast jokes no songs poems or promos i want this to be as unspectacular as possible because it's what adam cole would want <laughs> he shouldn't be in the ring he should be behind me at a show asking hey can you sit down i can't see <laughs> <laughs> triple h started pushing adam cole because he reminded him of himself before the steroids when he was 12 years old <laughs> i think he has a place on a show just not in the main event if i wanted to see that i would have gone to those hobbit movies <laughs> this is actually the first time i hope someone were roasting listens to the podcast that's right adam cole i hope you could hear this i hope you're paying close attention so you can't hear brit being drilled by wardlow in the next room <laughs> <laughs> who's giving who a root canal <laughs> Uh, him and Britt are great together. I haven't seen a couple in wrestling with that much chemistry on camera since Hogan and Bubba's wife. <laughs> Cole is the most relatable wrestler there is for AEW's fan base. Guys in their 30s and ill-fitting video game cosplay. <laughs> People talk about how video games are bad for kids, and I think that's true for Adam Cole. 
you he grew up playing as Little Mac in Punch Out, and it made him think he could also take on Mike Tyson. <laughs> <laughs> he won the first Owen Hart tournament and got a trophy. I was just really disappointed they didn't give him Owen's entrance. <laughs> guys, oh, guys, it's just a joke. He would you know, never fit in that harness. <laughs> <laughs> but then again, he didn't know. The only thing I said to Andy is probably no Owen jokes. <laughs> you thought wrong, dude. <laughs> All right, and now let's let's do this this fun thing we do sometimes. Adam Cole is so small. How, How small, small is, he? is he? You couldn't find him if he was hiding in Robert's hair. <laughs> Adam Cole is so small. How small, How small is, he? is he? The confetti he was covered in was made from the piece of paper Jerry Lawler wrote his phone number on. <laughs> Adam Cole is so small. How, How small, small is, he? is he? You'd think he was doing an impression of the ratings for AEW All Access. <laughs> Adam Cole is so small. How, How small is, is he? he? He makes Scott's success in comedy look big. <laughs> Adam Cole is so small. How, How small, small is, is he? he? Tony Khan once snorted him by accident. <laughs> Two more. Uh, Adam Cole is so small. How small, How small is, is, he? is he? Dave Meltzer has to blink twice as fast to see him. <laughs> and finally, Adam Cole is so small. How, How small, small is, is he? he? His nickname could be Dan's Chances of Getting to 50. <laughs> did you write that during the intro <laughs> no oh, but it sure good. helped <laughs> good all right andy you're up okay that's pretty great by the way adam cole dropped out of his senior year of high school to join czw Easily making him the smartest person to ever wrestle in CZW. <laughs> I can only assume he did their taxes, which knowing them was mostly CVS receipts for staples, tax, and Percocets. <laughs> Adam Cole's real name is Austin Jenkins. His own name is a better wrestling name than his fake name <laughs> he went from the name of a superstar to the name of a villain in a marine movie <laughs> his catchphrase is adam cole baby which makes sense because he is the same height as a toddler <laughs> though he was the tallest person in his stable with bobby fish and kylo riley that is like saying alfalfa is the tallest kid in the little rascals <laughs> which is also fitting because undisputed era looked like if the little rascals were proud boys <laughs> adam cole looks like the assistant manager of a margaritaville <laughs> he looks like he just told a table of customers about their great fireball jello shot special at the very least he does seem like he has used banana boat suntan lotion as lube once or twice. Adam Cole is married to Britt Baker. The two of them look like a couple of swingers on vacation in Key West. Not unlike, uh, not unlike all of the four-toed cats at Hemingway's house there, she too is rampant with Polly Pussy. 
<laughs> I'm sure he watches as Brits gets her cavities filled by AEW wrestlers. She she has the only women's division getting a push by the company. Uh, yeah, that's good for me. All right, Andy. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, that's it for me. <laughs> yeah. That was like an that was like an Adam Cole kick out. That was like a finisher. You're like, wait, is it? Yeah, Andy and Andy had an unnecessary false finish. Yes. Cue the confetti. I, I kicked out of Mike's finisher. The rose of Adam Cole. Adam Cole looks like someone Velveteen Dream gets fired for texting. <laughs> Scott Steiner called Giselle Shaw out for transitioning from a man to a woman, but nobody's talking about Adam Cole's transitioning from a toy to a real boy. <laughs> uh, he's edgy, but a nerd, like if the Little Rascals was spelled with a Z. Uh, did you... <laughs> Adam Cole wants a piece of everyone in the AEW roster, but unfortunately, Britt beat him to it. <laughs> I actually heard he's great at eating pussy from the practice he got from that gigantic lolly. <laughs> his career his career could end at any moment, saying Mike Lawrence as he put Logan to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> That's look- too real. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't even a joke. That was just something I heard in the background. <laughs> he looks like the son of Shawn Michaels and an actual ring rat. <laughs> at, at, at Ring of Honor, he was in, in Future Shock, which will be Sonny's cause of death when she blacks out and leaves in her tampon. <laughs> uh, his last bout in PWG was against Sammy Callahan in a wait, these guys are actual wrestlers match. <laughs> He was the longest NXT champion, which is kind of like being the world's tallest Adam Cole. <laughs> uh, he should have Michael Cole's confidence. He was the most charismatic member of the Undisputed Era, which is like being the handsomest Munster. And uh, finally, he went to WWE, so he he left WWE so he could have his Twitch, the channel, not what Brit does every time they touch. Uh, all right robert uh you know it's all about the boom mike that has to be lowered because they're filming adam cole (laughs) (laughs) according to wikipedia adam cole is six feet tall if you believe Adam Cole was six feet tall, you must also believe pro wrestling is a legitimate sport. 9-11 was an inside job, and the earth is flat. So basically, you have to be AJ Styles. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> Adam Cole is shorter than my attention span during Scott's New Japan Corner. Adam Cole was shorter than Triple H's run as the head of creative in WWE. Adam Cole is shorter than Jim Cornette's patience when ordering at a Dairy Queen. Adam Cole is shorter than Mike's ability to hold eye contact. (laughs) Adam Cole is shorter than the amount of time Teddy Hart spent looking for his missing girlfriend. Adam Cole is shorter than Conrad Thompson's life expectancy after his next trip to Jimmy's Famous Seafood. (laughs) That joke is brought to you by (laughs) SaveWithConrad.com. SaveWithConrad.com can help you buy a house if your finances, like Adam Cole, are a little short. Adam Cole is the longest tenured NXT champion of all time, which is the most successful and elaborate make-a-wish that WWE has ever done. 
<laughs> Adam Cole's parents got divorced, which is what inspired him to be a pro wrestler. So to any of you that are in a marriage and thinking of calling it quits, do us all a favor and try therapy so we don't wind up with another Adam Cole. <laughs> Adam Cole teamed up with Kyle O'Reilly in Ring of Honor to form Future Shock. Though if Vince saw them, they would have been future endeavored. <laughs> Adam Cole joined the Bullet Club because nothing draws more heat than seeing a child with a gun. <laughs> Cole was kicked out of the Bullet Club and replaced by Marty Skrull. They basically swapped out a guy who looks like a kid for a guy who just looks for kids. <laughs> Adam Kohler was the leader of the Undisputed Era because it was an undisputed fact that none of these were ever going up to the main roster. <laughs> That's not true. Vince McMahon wanted Adam Cole to be Keith Lee's manager. Vince got the idea after seeing a clip of Jackass where Wee Man got chased by Preston Lacey. <laughs> Vince McMahon wanted to change Adam Cole's name to avoid confusion with Michael Cole, as Vince didn't want people thinking Adam was his grandson. <laughs> Adam Cole, baby, was Dan's pitch to Netflix for an animated series. <laughs> it's like Boss Baby, but it's, it's, more, it's less expensive because we just make him shave. <laughs> Sadly, Adam, Kroll's, Adam, Kroll, Adam Cole's AEW career has been hampered by concussions he suffered when his brain tried to make sense of Tony Khan's booking. <laughs> Adam Cole is a popular streamer on Twitch, mainly because his mom still hasn't disabled the adult content blocker on his internet. <laughs> Cole is dating Britt Baker they met on an app when Adam's mom was on care.com looking for a nanny for him <laughs> finally Stone Cold Steve Austin is Adam Cole's inspiration because someday he too hopes to main event a Wrestlemania or at least be able to buy beer without being ID'd <laughs> <laughs> oh Adam Cole baby Andy, thank you so much for coming on. Um, Scott still has to do his jokes. Yeah, I still have to do mine. Oh, my God. Geez. Hey, don't worry. I'll keep it short. <laughs> oh! <laughs> oh! All right, here we go. Adam Cole. Uh, you, you know, when he was a little boy, his dream was to be HBK? No, I didn't. Uh, yeah, honey, I blew up the kidded. <laughs> HBK? Honey, I blew up the kidded? Fuck you guys. Here we go. Adam Cole. <laughs> Named after what his people box and wrap up for bad children every December. <laughs> He's Vern Gagne meets Vern Troyer. <laughs> his parents separated when he was 10 and he hasn't grown an inch since. <laughs> I, I know from Mike that divorce can stunt your development, but I didn't know it was involved height. You get it. Here we go. Okay. Yeah. He thought he could reach. <laughs> he thought he could reach Vince's brass ring. Because of his experience reaching for cookie jars? <laughs> Why is it okay to make a short person joke, but not a little person joke? Like, what's the difference between an Adam Cole joke and a midget joke? Two inches. The answer is two inches is the difference between Adam Cole and a midget. It's all about the boom. His theme song is by Rage Against the Gumball Machine. <laughs> <laughs> Cole is so short, I confused him with Bruce Willis's life expectancy. Oh. Right. He looks like Roger Klotz started meditating. He looks like if Fonzie was Jewish. <laughs> don't, don't, don't ruin him for me. Ah, when he was ROH champion, the ROH stood for really odd head. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, he stole Bebe from Chris Jericho. And he stole It's All About the Boom 
from Marty Janetti explaining why he lights firecrackers inside of mailboxes for fun. <laughs> <laughs> it's all about the boom. <laughs> Apparently, the new Marty Janetti dark side is crazy. That's the one that they're saying. You know, they like had the rumors of like like a uh, plane ride from hell. This is like the new plane ride from hell episode, I guess. So it's just Tommy Dreamer justifying everything Marty Janetti's done. <laughs> <laughs> It's not gonna be Mar- it's not gonna be Tommy Dreamer. It's gonna be like a ferret in like a straw hat who's yeah, I gotta say that, that that show is the best thing for our show. It gives <laughs> us so much material. Yeah, <laughs> we, hey. get, we get so much more material from Dark Side than any modern wrestling <laughs> we watch. For sure. What is, well, what let's is, not let's not forget Wikipedia and police reports, okay? <laughs> What is what is Abdullah's going to be about? I mean, aside from everything he's ever held in his hand, put it into somebody's forehead. Did he steal like a barbecue recipe? The, the hepatitis. He gave hepatitis. Oh! <laughs> I enjoy that you all said the hepatitis all together at once. Which like, is also what, uh, by the way, that's also Hannibal, what Vince right? thinks Titus O'Neil's first name is. <laughs> he, gave, he, he gave it to Brandy Hannibal. Brandy calls him it. <laughs> the same week some girl like accused hannibal of beating the shit out of her so it's like giving wait give, yeah, giving hannibal hepatitis is like at the end of green mile when he breeds the bees into the cop's mouth <laughs> <laughs> here's 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 the thing andy um the episode is going to be two minutes about uh abdullah and 40 minutes of hannibal saying one sentence <laughs> uh, all right Andy, what do you got to promote before you step on out? Um, I think the only big thing that I would want people to know about is I'm recording an album for Kill Rockstar Records. Very and nice. It's, Hell yeah. I'll be doing that in uh, Portland somewhere. Uh, st- still figuring that out in June sometime. But that's the only big thing. That's about Let it. Let us know so we can sh- tweet about it. Thank you, Andy. Thanks it's so much all, for having me. It's all I'll about the guest roasters. Thank you. Be I'll well. see you later. Thanks. Great job. See you later. Thanks. Just when you thought we've talked about Adam Cole enough, it's time for Dynamite or Done. <laughs> uh, all right, folks, it's time to talk about Dynamite or Dud. Uh, for this, Robert is going to take over. Robert? Uh, great. All right. Uh, hour one of Dynamite. Dynamite. This is great because it literally went Dynamite, then Dud between hour one and hour two. So uh, this will be easy. Hour one was Darby Allen versus uh, Swerve Strickland, uh, which was a, uh, a great match in spite of the fact that uh, Brian Cage and Prince Nana were there for some reason. Then MJF came out for a, uh, a back and forth with Darby. That was great until Sting forgot to take his meds. Uh, we got uh, Hobbs versus Silas Young, and then uh, Wardlow beat up Hobbs's car like Street Fighter Two. Then uh, we learned about Bullet Club Gold, which Scott was nice enough to try to justify because Tony Khan's still paying him. And then Buddy Matthews took on Orange Cassidy in a I forgot what the title is called title match. Uh, to talk about Hour One, we'll start with Scott. I enjoyed Hour One very much, so. Uh, I thought the Darby Swerve match was so damn good. Uh, I did think it started off a little slow, and this crowd was kind of wonky to me. I didn't listen to it as loud as I usually do, but the crowd did come off like they needed to get into this match. Luckily, it got enough time, and I loved it. I I, I genuinely loved the MJF Sting uh, promo because I expect nothing from Sting, and uh, we got more than nothing, so I was I was super happy with it. 
Hobbs versus Silas. You could have picked someone else other than Silas, but hey, you got a big guy. That makes sense. The Wardlow thing worked enough. What else was in hour one? Bullet Club Gold and Buddy versus Orange. Yeah, man, I had fun with this entire hour. I thought it worked. I I would have preferred if Jay White was in the building. But you know AEW, after a debut or a title win, you get to have a week off, and then you come back the next week. So <laughs> it's a congratulations for debuting. You get to go on a vacation. Yeah, and especially if you fuck the debut up, then then you really you get two weeks of, of video <laughs> promos. <laughs> Mike, what do you and think? If they really one? think you're a star. They let Juice Robinson do most of the talking. <laughs> Mike, Mike what do you think, everyone? Um, I think that Juice Robinson's actual voice is our Seth Rollins impression. <laughs> <Man>. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think that uh, I I I thought that this uh, was was decent. You know, I love the uh, opening. Robert's going to take all the credit match between Darby and Swerve. Damn it, that was what I was uh, going to say. <laughs> and um, but but then but then the thing, uh, I mean, Fire Marshal Sting. I Fire fucking love. Sting. <laughs> That's Let exactly how we deliver some promo. <laughs> it it's so it, it is like to Scott's point a little bit like. You know, yeah, he doesn't talk, you know, that much. And he's, like, always, like, mysterious. And then when he goes, he really goes. Like, he had to buy pom-poms to do a, a cowbell reference. Like, his his sense of humor is so... He's, like, like he's like a, a, a pedophile that's just embarrassing himself. Where the kid would be like, we just thought... Yeah. <laughs> it, it's fine if you don't... MJF used Minecraft. to be a cheerleader? Like, what was that whole thing? Oh, dude, it was it, it was so bad. It was. What is that? But it what was, that I mean, look, it was it was very fun. Yeah. But um, and I thought I thought Darby's promo was great. I thought of the the three other pillars, I thought this was the best promo by far. I liked how steeped in reality it was, but that it still felt like it was about an angle and the difference between their characters. It wasn't just. I'm upset at my placement in the card. Like the, you got what you wanted and you're not happy and you'll never be happy is a great fucking thing to say to someone successful because it's often true. <laughs> and, and, you know, like, and, and even the, the openness of, and because let's be honest, most AW fans should be in therapy if they're not. Um, and uh, so him just talking about mental health in an honest way, I fucking loved, I, I, I thought that this was a really great, I thought this was his best promo. And then yeah, Sting was just so cartoony. And I mean, I will I will admit, I I I got a chub when he's referenced Joker Sting. Because <laughs> he's my favorite character ever. Um, Mike, do you consider Joker Sting canon in your universe? In the Mike Lawrence universe? Oh yeah. I thought oh, you were yeah. gonna ask if I like Joker Sting more than Tugboat, and I was gonna kill myself, so I didn't have to make a choice. <laughs> But I I I think that this this whole thing you know the Orange Cassidy thing I there's an interesting idea there of him wearing down and having to keep defending but it never fits his character of a guy who doesn't want to be doing this if there was I don't I I'm I'm glad there's no authority figure but like I want to see him like look at the match card that night and see his name on it and be like ah oh, fuck I got to do this again like if there was some kind of force that was making him 
have to wrestle so much as like a prank on him and his personality. But him just, you know, he's wrestled more than anyone else on TV this year, and that's not the character. Well, it's also so, kind of, we talked, we said it before, like he should be their Undertaker. And when Undertaker was Dead Man Undertaker, he wasn't selling injuries. Like part of what makes Orange Cassidy fun is he you ignore the laws of wrestling when he's out there because he's just kind of goofy and wacky and he is Undertaker. And when he sells, he looks like he looks human. And then you're like, oh, it's just a dude. Yeah, and him versus Pac like was so special because they built it up. And now he just wrestles all the time. You take it for granted because I think he's one of the most unique workers they have. His matches are always fun. I mean, Buddy's really talented. You know, these guys can go. But yeah, I, I thought overall this was fine. I know a lot of people complained about the crowd, but it's also, I mean, these crowds are usually so fucking into this. This this was still like a crowd WWE would have killed for in the last 10 years. Yeah, this is Milwaukee was pretty dead for WWE too. So it's Wisconsin. Yeah. Like you're going to get what you get. Yeah. And, and the last thing, um, the the car the Hobbs thing was like that's the part of Attitude Era like every time people try to replicate it it never works as well because Austin and Vince were that perfect mix and 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 it also when he's destroying Hobbs's car and then he comes out a second later to confront Hobbs and and and, and save Silas and all that it's like why didn't Hobbs go back and stop them from destroying his car. Like, it fits when it's Vince because he's a cowardly heel and he's going to let his shit get destroyed and act all upset about it. But when it's someone as massive as Hobbs and he's like, oh, no, my car. Like, it took five minutes to destroy that thing. Why isn't he just stopping it himself? Because he knew it was a pre-tape. Hobbs is smarter than you, Mike. He knew that it was pre-taped. Yeah. Dan, what do you think, hour one? I read the comic book of Hobbs. I don't read the... I, I just thought it would be a fun angle to have, like, for the bloodline to have, like... Instead of destroying somebody's car, they just have Jimmy Uso drive it. Um, but uh, I didn't. I mean, look, I only saw the Sting promo. I didn't see this show, so I can't. Uh, I don't really have any opinions about it. I mean, I, I can, I can talk to you about like what results I thought were weird, but you know, no, I, I didn't really. All right. um, then I'll, I'll, I'll give mine on hour one. I love Darby and Swerve. Obviously, yeah, Mike's guy can roll his eyes, whatever. But these guys killed it for us in MLW. I knew they were going to do great here. They've, they've worked together for years. They were happy to be working together, and it was fun. It was an energetic back-and-forth match. The crowd did really get into it, and they did the uh, the the Poison Rana. The crowd popped for that when they did whatever it was out onto the uh, the outside of the ring, and they sold it like Swerve was dead, and they started a really loud holy shit chant. Like The crowd was there for it. It was weird to beat Shane in that situation. I get why you had to beat him because you want all the pillars to start winning matches to justify getting a world title shot. I just thought it was weird that you're trying to rehabilitate this uh, sort of character and then you have all this interference and all this shit and he still loses. That kind of sucks a little bit, but it was spirited. It was fun. The MJF promo, yeah, starting out with therapy and like morals and wrestling and all that, that was kind of cool. Staying with the weird props that he couldn't get out of his jacket was odd. The Cody stuff, they need to just fucking stop. We talked about it. Like, we get it. He's gone. We don't have to keep referencing him. It felt like he was doing a Hall of Fame speech where he starts like, and then a young Ric Flair took me under his wing. And shout out to you, Kevin and and uh, Scott. And it was just like, this is why we don't want to let him him talk. Uh, 
I don't know what it added. I think to Mike's point, Darby was the best of the three guys to do this promo. The problem is we've seen it now three times and it's the same narrative all three times of you don't deserve your spot, Max. You're a piece of shit. I'm going to come take your title. I work harder than you. I love this company more than you. It's three variations on the same thing. And if it was just Darby and Max, it would have been a lot more impactful. Uh, Bullet Club Gold, I, I texted this to Mike. I finally realized who Jay White is in my mind now. It's Korg from the Thor movies. Like he sounds just like him, especially in a voiceover where you don't see him. And it's, it it's sounds Taika, just, right? That's Taika's voice? It's Taika Waititi, yes. Yeah. Hey, I'm here to talk about uh, the Bullet Club and we're going <laughs> to kick your ass. <laughs> it's so weird. Uh, and then I loved Buddy Matthews and Orange Cassidy. Yes, I didn't like Orange selling, but it was a really good back and forth match. I think Buddy is great, and he showed why uh, he's really good and Orange is really good. And if the show ended right here, this is a home run dynamite. Everything made sense. Everything looked good. And oh, wait, I have notes. There's an hour two. Uh, and just to punctuate this, it opens with Christian and Luchasaurus, who's now just Kane. Uh, there's red lighting. He's just he's just fucking Kane. Uh, then Orange Cassidy and the best friends are in the back. And to highlight how fakey fake this fake shit is, their best friends are like, hey, Aussie Open, you should fly to Milwaukee where we are now and let's fight in two days time to be like, nah, and Rampage isn't taped and airing at 1130 at night because there's a basketball game. Uh, Ethan Page comes out for a, a promo. And then Matt Hardy and Isaiah Cassidy come out to reveal that uh, in the contract that they signed, kind of like the Simpsons joke, there was a little bit more parchment on the paper. Uh, and it turns out that uh, there's a stipulation on a stipulation, which is now Matt Hardy gets to choose a match against Ethan Page to fight for his freedom. And then Bill Morrissey comes out to attack him. So Hook makes the embarrassed to be their save. And then they all get beat down until Jeff Hardy leaves a local Dave and Buster's to make the ultimate rescue uh, for what was a really <laughs> bizarre convoluted he came with his own set. chair. He came with his own chair. Well, it's better so to have does. the chair than get the chair. So it's been a good year for Jeff Hardy. <laughs> uh, Kenny Omega cuts a really good promo pre-tape uh, with the Don Callis oil painting in the background, talking about how, like, look, we get that people don't love Don. He's still our guy, and you attacked him, so we're going to fucking kill you. Uh, Claudio and uh, John Moxley took on... Uh, Michael Nakazawa and Brandon Cutler. Claudio and Moxley beat the fuck out of both of these guys and leave them a bloody mess because none of their friends are there to save them until after the match when Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks show up after their friends have been brutally murdered to try to save them. Uh, Swerve has a promo with Brian Cage. That that bad. That they waited until after the match was over to go save their yeah, friends. Yeah, it's pro wrestling. I mean, let's. It was just I mean, that could break match. apart everything Look, that's it, ever been written. It was. It was a great. No, it was a great idea by Tony Khan. You had a segment where, uh, you know, you had a surprise Jeff Hardy return at the end of an attack, and then the next segment you had a surprise Kenny Omega and the Bucks return, uh, and then the next was Riho and uh, Sky and Blue versus Tony Storm and Ruby Riot, which ended with a surprise of Jamie Hayter and Britt Baker coming out to make the save. And then in the main event, you have Chris Jericho versus Keith Lee with a surprise Adam Cole to run out and make a save. This is a really fresh, exciting show. Brand new stuff. They're really thinking this thing through. Scott, what'd you think of Hour 2? Uh, yeah, I had no issue with Hour 2. I thought all those surprises were enjoyable. It felt like uh, professional wrestling. <laughs> it felt like a thing that I've been a fan of since I was a kid. Uh, 
and so I wasn't caught off guard by the uh, pro pro wrestling aspects of uh, of this show. I thought it was a lot of fun. I think you know my one complaint would be Jericho versus Keith Lee was slow, and the swerve thing at the end was a little bit head scratchy because they they should have been feuding and they should have had their singles match. Well, no, they um, they did have their match on AEW Dark Elevation, uh, which aired at you know one o'clock in the afternoon on YouTube. Wait, that the two of them had a singles match. They had some match somewhere at some point in time. Yeah, with with they had that with. Oh, uh, they did a little, Ring of Honor tag match. They did something with like little Brock Lesnar and yeah, else. yeah, that tag match. Yeah, but they haven't had a singles match yet. I'm guessing that's double or nothing. Well, that's no, because awesome. he broke he broke the cinder block over Keith Lee's chest, and then the cinder block got absorbed into his body and turned his hair white. I love it. I love it. Um, yeah, obviously, Keith Lee a little slow. I actually liked what Adam Cole did because it was a callback to what Jericho did last week. I'm fine with that. I think Jericho versus Cole is good. I just don't like that everybody else is involved. Uh, but yeah, the Omega Bucks uh, Blackpool shit was was chef's kiss. I, I had no issue with any of it. I thought it was all awesome from Omega's promo to the uh, the killing of Nakazawa and Cutler to the boys coming out and saving the day. And I like the Jeff Hardy uh, return. I think, you know, even though it's a folding chair, I think anything he could sit in, he should also uh, have a seatbelt attached to it. But <laughs> it, it surprised the hell out of me. And in a way that is funny, because uh, none of us thought he was coming back this soon. And I thought I'd be mad, and I wasn't mad. He seemed emotional, and I thought it was nice and a little funny. And that's pro wrestling. Speaking of nice and a little funny, Mike, what'd you think hour two? <laughs> you said nice. <laughs> Wait, that's how it feels to be made fun of? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. No. Uh, I thought this was Kenny's best promo. Yeah, man. Keep him in pre-tape. It was like sincere. It helped that Callus wasn't in it. Um, and, and the other goovers. Um and this 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 like made me excited for you know what whatever the match is. It, it obviously feels like they're teasing blood and guts, and you know, um, so a blood and guts match will finally get seven stars. Uh, <laughs> I thought that uh, I mean the women's stuff is just this story now. There's nothing else. Like I think Rampage, it's like Jade and Taya every week, and here it's. This was Sky Blue, who has had so many matches and is now in the company. <laughs> yeah, dude, I didn't even me. know that was so weird to me. Right? Very weird. And you, you know, even just defend that, their... just that I, I don't mind if someone's in the comp constantly on TV who's not signed, but like you have signed people that I never see. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I I, I thought that uh, that 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 match and that whole thing it just feels like. We're going to see every combination of them, and it just doesn't. I don't know what the goal is of the outcast and everything. It, it's just weird. It, it's just funny, too, that they're like the outcasts, they probably get paid the most out of any of the women in the division. And, uh, and it's, I don't know if they're going for an NWO vibe or whatever, but uh, the only way that it is working is that the faces that they're facing are not very believable, um, in their roles. Um, I, I'd say that, uh, the Keith, Keith, I, I, I texted Dan, Keith and Jericho, I felt like they were fighting over the last McRib of the season. I mean, dude, Keith looks bad. 
Um, and it's not I I'm going gray, people go gray. It's not the gray, it's just the whole the whole package. I know he got sick. Um, maybe put on a singlet or something, man. It's just not working. And then the whole swerve as the hamburglar like coming out and then <laughs> leaving and all that was so stupid to me. It's like he he had a mask for like a second and then takes it off. Just have it be him then. Um, but it's also that's one of those things, right? When people are like, "Oh, this crowd wasn't that into it." Like, do you expect him to pop for Swerve again? They already saw him in a fucking fifteen minute match. There were like just dumb decisions on this show. I think in some ways, and even the even the Adam Cole thing, like it was so weird because the whole thing is Keith Lee is fighting on his behalf. And then he shows up at the end after he's lost. Like, why weren't you there to help him when there was like, you know, when Garcia was fucking around and stuff? Well, no, 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 Mike. According to Scott, that's pro wrestling. That's why when I pointed out the Blackpool Combat Club thing made no sense. But wait, you know, why didn't it, that make sense? If you're there and your guy is getting outnumbered or something bad is happening to them and he's your friend, you go and save him. You don't wait to go for the pop later. Well, they did. I mean, once the match ended, they they eventually came out, you know, and I think you do. I mean, I think that's like literally every time anything's ever happened, you know. Yeah, I mean, when they run out during the match, it like makes more sense to me. And it's still dumb of like, oh, you're waiting till the end. But it, it it's at least this is just like. It's this somber thing of like him and, and, and Keith Lee. But it just, I don't know, it didn't connect because, like, I'm not interested in any of the parties involved. Um, but, I, I mean, I thought it was fine. I don't know why you wouldn't have had FTR on this show. Because um, you, were, you were saving them for Rampage. I know, yeah. Where they, it, where it, they it, do it, a, a pre-taped interview or whatever. But, you know, like, but, but, Scott, did you make the joke, like, when, when, when somebody debuts or they win a title, they don't put them, like, I don't know why that is. I mean... I, it felt like in a way you were joking, but it is actually no. A thing it is to, literally yeah. what they do. Yeah, yeah, it is man, funny, and it's, and it's a it, it. Yeah, but it's, it's odd but as all hell. It, it's um, counterproductive, and it's like, and you're talking about your burned out live crowds and shit. Like, ride that momentum. Like, you know, open the show with FTR holding those titles. Something like they put their careers on the line, and then they're not on the next fucking show. It's just really really stupid and, and the continued burial of I, i'm just it has to be a burial of the acclaimed i mean look where they were and look how into those the, the they you know the crowds were into them and now they're just non-existent on this show it's, it's crazy to me they don't have that many organic baby faces like that it is weird how many people are top tier stars and then just sort of vanish uh and get no representation whatsoever on an episode well, I think one of the big complaints about, you know, WWE for all these years is like, oh, they never use the momentum a guy has, you know, but that's usually just momentum of a guy they don't want to push. If like it's somebody they like, they actually use the momentum pretty well, or at least they keep it going. And I just don't think Tony understands how to keep momentum going. I think it's that's one of the biggest problems he has. So one of the problems when you're when you're booking and you're living and breathing your product is you know where everything is going and you think about it all the time and you just assume that because it's on your mind, everybody else is thinking about it. That it's like, well, I know I'm not going to get to him for three weeks, but I have a plan in mind for him and I'm thinking of it now, so it's top of mind. The audience doesn't always know that. And when guys are missing, 
it's out of sight, out of mind. It's like Wardlow was gone for several weeks. I feel like he was just, he was gone for almost as long as Brian Danielson was gone when he retired and was never coming back. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I did not see the second hour. That's my opinion of it. But we will get to high spot, low spot, everybody. Um, I'll start off first. My high spot this week is I just read a story about a back, a Comic-Con interaction between uh, Greg the Hammer Valentine and Matt Cardona. I guess Matt Cardona had been going around being like, I really wanted a rhythm blues action figure, so I made it. I'm no fan of Greg the I'm not a fan of Greg the Hammer Valentine, but I like the action figure. And I guess like Greg heard about it and like tried to kick his ass at a convention, which I don't know, man. Cardona got out of it, but it's just so funny if like like Valentine hasn't given a fuck about wrestling for years, but he still watches shoot interviews, which is really the most old wrestler thing ever. Um, my low spot. I haven't seen the match, but Sonata as IWGP champion looks weird. I just don't, I don't know. I just, Scott, help me out here. Am I not seeing something? Wait, and who? I was looking up Ann Ramsey quotes. Uh, <laughs> uh, 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 You're not getting my active figure from me. <laughs> well, apparently, then Valentine. I mean, he had. To yeah, explain. no, I. Uh, I Cardona mean, was just like, uh, was like, it's not that I'm not a fan of you. I'm just not a fan of you. That's what he said. And then Greg backed down. But Scott, what were you, what do you think about Sonata as IWG champion? Uh, you know, it is what it is. I. I like it in that Okada gets to win it back or somebody gets to win it back. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I just, uh, maybe go back to Shingo, right? I mean, it seemed like there were still more bites in the apple after that guy. He definitely deserves it in terms of in-ring work, right? And he's definitely loved. Yeah. My high spot is this show where it's all Japan, New Japan, and um, whatchamacallit. Uh, what's that other fucking company that I'm blanking on right now? Stardom, but no, no, no. The it's just men. Come on, boys. DT. It's called All Together. So my high spot. It's New Japan, uh, All Japan, and uh, Pro Wrestling Noah is what it was. I don't know why I blinked on that, but they are doing a, a show called All Together again, and I think it's the first time since 2012 they're just going to put on a super show. The three biggest companies in Japan. It is June 9th. Uh, so yeah, I'm very interested to see what that is. And hopefully they're not doing it at Wembley. <laughs> a lot of fun stuff calling up that match all together all together now money in the bank puerto rico backlash yeah we got all uh all all out again i guess oh yeah, all, oh, yeah. all in double or nothing before that with all in though like i mean or whatever it is they're not going to do like they're still are they still going to do an all out with that i mean that just feels like it's going to be diminishing returns yeah i have no clue. that's tony's specialty Yep. Uh, and they're doing Forbidden Door too so a lot of fun wrestling coming up uh, even though I'm completely burnt out by wrestling right now Scott high spot low spot well I just gave you my high spot it is definitely that show I think it's really cool other than I enjoyed Dynamite um, and well also Sasha Banks had a great match that I got to watch a triple threat match I don't know if we talked about that oh no that was the Patreon uh, my low spot is I have yet to see Rocky 3 along with CM Punk and everybody's been making fun of him, and I've just been sitting there like someone who acts like they've seen The Godfather, which I did for a long time. Uh, so now I'm going to watch Rocky Three, and we're going to review it on the Patreon. So it's a low spot, but subscribe to the Patreon and hear me talk about it for the first time. 
Yeah. I mean, also high spot punk's probably coming back. Oh, hell yeah. And uh, now the uh, the boys want to be uh, well. The boys, the uh, elite, say they will also apparently are willing to work with him. That's like the new news as of today. Thursday. That's going to be Wembley, baby. You got to sell out Wembley. Maybe so. Or do you give that to America? I don't yeah, know. I don't know. Robert, my high spot is uh, CM Punk. CM Punk posting the picture, the Photoshop picture of his face on uh, Rocky's body from Rocky Three. It's like he knew what we were doing for the Patreon. Uh, the second part of that high spot is people getting excited again that CM Punk is coming back. Uh, how many times does he need to be Lucy with the football to pull it away before people are going to learn? It's like people hate Punk. They hate him. They hate him. They hate him. They hate him. He's back. We love him. And he's gone. We hate him. We hate him. We hate him. You don't him. think he's going to last again? You think there'll be something? Oh, no. He's going to last for years. There has been no track record that has shown that CM Punk is fucking volatile and stupid and will fuck this up. No track record whatsoever. Uh, it's not like he posted something and then deleted it on social media like a month ago when they were like, fuck this guy. He's dead to us. Uh, my my low spot, there's two. One, there was a sign in the crowd this week at uh, AEW. I don't know who you were, sir or madam, that held this sign up or who you think you were to hold up such a blasphemous sign. And this is an attorney talking about libel and slander here to tell Tony Khan, stop trying to make QT happen. I hate to break it to you jackass in uh, Milwaukee. <laughs> he has already happened. He is risen. He is the reason for the season, and we will be making a rebuttal shirt that will be available on Pro Wrestling Tees in the coming weeks to tackle this nonsense. Yes, it is a, the, the tee. Robert... No, wait, 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 when we reveal it, you will see it, but there is a forthcoming shirt, guys. Yeah. Get excited. We're not putting up with this bullshit. My yeah. other low spot, this is slightly more serious, and I, and I do have a, uh, I'm going to turn it into a question for you guys. Uh, there's this whole thing that's going on online where uh, wrestlers were being criticized. This veteran wrestler was criticizing young wrestlers for taking pictures of veterans when they were with them in the locker room, being like, hey, I'm working with you. You're a hero of mine. I want to get a picture of you. And it's like, well, this guy's coming across like a mark. Some wrestlers are coming out like X-Pac and it's like, take a picture with everybody. Like, I'll take a picture with people. I love it. It's great. You're supposed to love the business. Other wrestlers that are shitting on these guys saying like, this is wrong. You're ruining Who's the, the wrestlers are shitting on it? There's a couple. There was one guy. I don't remember the exact, exact guy who posted the first piece of it, but wrestlers are sort of divided. And it's turned into like this weird internal wrestling civil war. As you guys are both, you know, known comedians who've been on shows with people I'm sure you've admired. Is that the same thing in the comedy world? If you're on a show with someone that you really like and like, hey, can I get a picture? Or are they going to like shit on you for that? You don't ask as much as you think you're going to ask. I mean, me and Mike are actually, this is probably an area where me and Mike are pretty tactful. <laughs> but, uh, you know, like uh, there there have been a couple times like, look, like when I was leaving like Superior Donuts, like after the second season, I'm, but I had two seasons with the guys. So I post, and if it's like a, a person who's like, I'm, I'm, I'm working with for the weekend, I, I'll post it. Um, but yeah, if it's like, for instance, if it's like a guest on a show, like that I'm writing on, which Mike has more experience of than I do, I hardly ever got it. Uh, or even like when it was a sketch show. And so I, I guess the answer is, it's it it's kind of dependent on the show and the situation and um yeah i mean but i also like if anyone wanted a picture of me i wouldn't have a fucking problem with it i don't think it's a weird thing to ask to 
ask for a picture. I mean, there's one pic, there's one story Dana Gould told me, and this is the funniest story that I think I've ever heard about taking a picture, which is, you know, he was writing on the Simpsons for years and Stephen Hawking uh, did a voice. He did his voice. He was himself. And Chris Carter from the x Files, the creator of the x Files, one of my favorite shows ever. He heard that Stephen Hawking was going to be there. <laughs> so he went in, didn't like ask to take the picture, just put the X-Files hat on Stephen Hawking and <laughs> took the picture with him and left. And I mean, that's just the greatest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. But Mike, what's your answer to that question? Yeah, I, I think it's very complicated. You know, um, I think that it is a place of work. You know, you're in a green room and somebody's working. I, I think that we like, as a as a society, have lost a lot of etiquette and tact in 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 terms of the the respect for that that somebody's working, you know. So if a wrestler is in a locker room, you know, and uh, I, I think it's it is like case by case. I think it's better to do it after, you know. Um, like a lot of times, it's like you know, like let them see you perform, and and if they end up not seeing you perform, then maybe you don't ask for it. But it also, like if you are performing with them. You know, that's better than a picture. Like, it's okay to, like, right. not every memory needs to be immortalized. And I think it's a very, it's a very delicate thing that at the same time, I think that the person asking can easily be in the wrong because you don't know how quickly that talent is getting out of there, what their, what their prep process is. I mean, look, like, it was something that I had to learn when I started opening for people, like, knowing when to shut up is so much more important than what you say. And, yeah. you know, let's say like I get to the green room with somebody, you know, who's way more successful than me an hour before the show, let them lead and I'll follow because that's their time to work on their set, do what they want. You know, who knows what everyone has different match preparation, you know, some, some people play video games. Some people do cocaine, you know? Uh, so it's it's a thing of how imposing you are. I think to to put an exact rule on it is, is stupid. I don't I don't think it's as cut and dry as the, the Rio Ripley situation. Of, you know, which I don't yeah. think we ever talked about. But, you know, you should not bother people for autographs and shit at the airport. You just should not. Um, I, I will this, say this. Like, can you guys please... Who are these taking pictures of? They're hilarious, but there's like a montage of pictures of female wrestlers clearly oh. looking uncomfortable because oh. the guy, you know, these incels who are like holding him. I mean, it's they're disgusting. like they get around their stuff, they hold them like they're their girlfriend. And it's like, dude, just fucking like uh handshake. This is the yeah. thing. Like you meet somebody for the first time and it's a girl, uh, you handshake. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's just like and it's my thing. I mean, you can hug if they go in for a hug, great, but it's not a full body hug, man. It's a fucking upper torso shoulders hug. You know, it's like because because I think I think what's so shitty is like the core of you know public opinion is so big and it's on the celebrity to have to do everything because they're gonna get reported and people are gonna get upset about them. And you know, like the amount of times, right, when someone will say to me, like oh, that guy's a dick, and then you hear the story, and it's like, no, you're the dick in that story. Yeah. yeah. I just went up to him while he was eating, and I was like, well, why'd you do that? 
Um, there's a great I, I show just... now. Have you seen Swarm yet, Mike or Robert? No. Amazon. It's about like all the um, some of the. I think it's an anthology of like crazy beehive stories, Beyonce fan stories. Yeah. This is Donald um, Glover's show, right? Yeah, yeah it's really. Yeah. Good. I'm not sure if it all can. If it's there, you have the one woman play all the crazy people, but I'm not sure if it's supposed to be. I mean, it's. I, it can't be a. They're like based on a true story, but this can't just be the whole woman's life because every story is so crazy. Um, but uh, but I, I I do think the other part of it is the whole like because I read some of that stuff on Twitter. I saw Waltman's like response to it, but like when people are like, "You're a fucking mark for wanting a picture," I don't think that's true either. I think oh, by the way, you know, and by the way, when it comes to us, anyone on this podcast take a pic we'll take a picture <laughs> like that doesn't we may not show up in it but you could ask us to take it. <laughs> but we'll we'll take whatever pic like, well, we're... and that's the thing that's so weird about like yes, part pick. of them is it's like there's certain older wrestlers veteran wrestlers who hate the business and can't imagine anybody actually liking it like when you're at wwe there's rules you're not taking pictures like you are there like mike said it's a place of business you're there to work i have no pictures with any of the wrestlers during my time there because it's like you don't do that it's like they're a co-worker they need to view you as an equal and you need to view them as an equal and that's how it is when you're working indies or mlw whatever it is like it's a lot looser of an environment and guys can feel more comfortable to like hey i'm working with this guy who i really admire i want to take a picture with you and it depends on the vibe in the moment but this weird self-hating notion that a lot of older wrestlers have is what's kind of coming out from this the how can you possibly like this shit that we do for a living? This is a carny work and we're just doing this for money. Like, fuck you, you suck. And I'm glad that that's getting out of the business. And that's tie it back to the beginning. It's why Adam Cole is so great because he's a dude who loves and respects pro wrestling and got into it for that reason and still loves and respects pro wrestling. And those guys that genuinely enjoy it are, are worth, you know, being celebrated. Yeah, I and I, you know, yeah, like I said, I I think it's a balance, and you know, in the in the world of the internet, we want to have these like strict rules, but really, just use common sense and treat people like people. Yeah, common and sense in the internet that makes that works. I know, I know, I know. But the the real thing, like, because I know we never did talk about that. That that really bothered me, and and like, uh, and the amount of people that are just doing it to sell shit, like, fuck them. Also, um, I think it's a difference too. It's like. Like, this is fine. Dude, if you're a fan of somebody and you come up and you're like, hey, I just want to say I'm a huge fan. No picture. That's also a completely different situation. Yeah. Like, that's just like, hey, I just want to say I'm a huge fan. Thank you for everything. That's okay. Because you're not really asking them. You're just giving them a fucking compliment. So it's like, I think that that's the best thing to do. It's like, I saw, like, you know, I was at the cellar on Saturday night and a buddy of mine was like, oh, Matt Damon was there. And he's like, oh, I don't know. Should I go up to Matt Damon? And Was he funny? what well he's fun oh, matt damon was no. matt damon i think he's friends with tom papa's by the way super handsome in real life matt damon holy shit i didn't realize the guy looks that good so. way to go out on a limb dan uh but no i'm just saying i didn't realize he was this handsome he's a beautiful guy anyway my friend just went up to him and said hey i'm a big fan and everything and then matt damon was uh, i perform here i'm a big fan of you and everything and then matt damon was like totally sweet about it but my friend wasn't asking you know, he wasn't asking for a fucking autograph or a photo or any of that shit. He was just wanting to be like, I loved you, the informant. That was it, you know? Dude, I remember I, I, I went to a movie once um, and Paul McCartney was in the theater. And there was only, this was like, it was like that movie Philomena a few years ago. There was only like nine or ten people in this theater. It was like a rain, rainy, like Manhattan Monday kind of thing. And a guy asked him for a picture and 
And Paul was like, no, but you could say hello to me if you'd like. And then I, I listened to this podcast that he was on and he said, and I kind of agree with this. He was like, he, he doesn't like taking pictures because he's like, now I'm working for you. And we're not even having a human exchange. Now this is just a transaction. Yeah, I, I had, I'm sorry. What, what? I was going to say, he had one of the best answers I had heard once where he was talking about meeting people. And he's like, I'm aware enough that like meeting me for certain people is a big deal. And I give them that second or two of like, yes, I'm Paul McCartney because I'm not the guy. I'm whatever image you have in your mind. And then I make it a human moment. And I really enjoy that he appreciates what that is, that he represents something bigger than who he is, whereas some guys can just kind of be assholes about that. And you know what? Because yeah, it's also people... it's a slippery slope, right? Like one person takes a picture, has a conversation, and now there's a fucking line. You know, and also and... I didn't even ask. I will say this: my resentment, though, from the fan side of it, I did a show called "Friend of the People." Uh, that uh, uh, there was a sketch group: Kevin Barnett, Lucas Brothers, Jermaine Fowler, Little Rel, a bunch of people uh, who are super fucking Jen. A bunch of people who are super fucking successful now, and uh, Josh Rabinowitz. Uh, sorry if I'm forgetting anybody. But uh, I did I did the sketch with Roddy Piper, and all I did was come up to him and I said, "Sir, your your uh, match with with Brad at WrestleMania eight was like was just was really important to me." And then he said, "Thanks, kid," smartly, and then made fun of my flat ass for the rest of the day in front of the entire crew. I don't know. I guess this has nothing to do with what we're talking about. No, no, you're just talking about your ass now. Um, <laughs> my 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 high spot of the week uh, is uh, Dark Side of the Ring being back. I love that show. I I couldn't get into Tales from the Territories just because I wanted more Dark Side. Like, uh, well, because Tales from uh, the Territories felt a lot like a very short version of like a Conrad podcast. Like yeah. it's all positives and it's kind of, you know, the stories you've heard 30 times where they're pretending like it's the first time Jeff Jarrett's heard about yeah. Andy Kaufman being in Memphis. And then 20 minutes of mortgage commercials. Um, I, <laughs> and then uh, my, my low spot is the, um, it's a very thorny situation, but it's just sad to the, the public implosion of the Guerrero family yeah. and the continue, like no someone's got to get, vicky off of instagram uh this is a you know you could look more deeply into it um i'll just say that i i think that uh you know we all love eddie and um to see like what's the, the drama that's going on and everything and you know what what happened to his daughter and everything is very fucking heartbreaking and uh kind of an ugly moment in wrestling and um get off Social media, Vicky, please stop posting stuff. Well, uh, you can find Mike on social media on Instagram. <laughs> I have a website, dancegermain.net. My, spe my special has been rescheduled for June 1st, Old Man Hustle, Brooklyn Comedy Club, 8 and 10 p.m. Uh, laugh button, thank you for writing about it. Um, I'm also going to be on the road. I'm going to be opening for, Hel at, at, for Dan Sutter at Helium in Indianapolis next weekend. And then I am going to be in Key West. Yeah, buddy. Comedy so, Key West. It's going to be April 25th. That's a Tuesday, 2023, 8.30 p.m. show. So uh, come uh, come check it out as I uh, work on Stone Cold Law. I am just keep saying work on Stone Cold Law. putting that positive feelings out there that hopefully we get a pilot. We're at the, yeah. we're at the script stage and the Stone Cold Law. 
Where we want to get yes, that will be Dan and Key West, and not the ghost of Ernest Hemingway. Yeah, yeah, that will. Well, though I look a lot. So uh, anyway, I will take a picture. By the way, uh, <laughs> only if you call him Papa, Robert. What do you got? <laughs> Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at wwcreative underscore ish. Uh, we've got the uh, the five dollar Patreon this week. We're going to be talking Rocky three uh, on the ten dollar Patreon. I'll be doing something in sports entertainment with breaking down uh, Monday Night Raw. And um, I uh, I'm on Mike Lawrence Comedy, and the Bupkis trailer launched today. I saw that. Congratulations! Thank you. I- I'm excited. I haven't seen it yet. I'm I'm looking forward to it. I saw somebody posted about it on the Facebook group, so I'm uh, excited to see. Uh, th- I mean, the cast looks amazing, and in spite of some of the writers, it's probably going to be really good. <laughs> yes. Edie Falco, Joe Pesci, Pete Davidson, Steve Buscemi. What a cast! And my or, or Russell Rose's own Mike Lawrence wrote for it, and I believe and and Scott former was- AEW star Paul Walter Hauser um isn't it nice and, and also scott uh chap i heard was craft services one day so a lot of show connection guys until then folks wash <laughs> craft your services was just a bunch of butchered animals until then uh wash your hands and it's never goodbye um bye <laughs>